morning. Certainly glad to see everyone this beautiful Lord's Day morning. We have visitors among us, as we always do. We thank you for being here as well. You know, Jesus, when he was confronted with Satan face to face, this is recorded in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, he said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And I believe that what Timothy said, or excuse me, what Paul said to the young preacher Timothy, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, complete, thoroughly furnished for every good work. All scripture. With that in mind, I want to spend a few moments this morning together in Psalm chapter 46. If you have your Bible, be turning there to the Old Testament book of Psalm 46. If you're using a pew Bible, you'll find it on page 400. And 93. We're only going to be looking at in depth at a couple of passages, or a couple of verses, if you will, here in Psalm 46. But I, for context, I want to read the entirety of this 11 verses here. Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. There is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. Verse 6, the nations raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord, who has made desolations in the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. Verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Most scholars agree that this psalm was written shortly after the destruction of Sennacherib's army before the walls of Jerusalem about 700 years before Christ. You can read in 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 35, and also Isaiah, a contemporary uh, during that time, also wrote about this uh, great defeat of Sennacherib's army there in before the city walls of Jerusalem in Isaiah 29 and 31, 33 and 37. We won't take the time to turn to that. I just wanted to give you a little bit of historical context. Sennacherib was a king of Assyria during that time. And like most kings during that time and kings since then, he went about to destroy his people around him and conquer the world, if you will. He had his sights set on Jerusalem. Hezekiah was the king at the time, one of the better kings during that time of God's people. He knew that Sennacherib's army was bearing down on them. He prayed to God, and God sent his angel in the night. And Scripture records there in 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 35, that 185,000 of Sennacherib's army were killed that night, sparing the city and delivering the people. This psalm, as I said, was written 
about that event. It's a psalm of gratitude. It's a psalm of confidence. And it's a psalm of praise. I want to spend the next few minutes this morning looking at the words of this psalm and seeing how God shows us that he is the refuge for his people. Point number one in our lesson this morning, and you, there's an outline sheet there in your bulletin if you'd like to follow along and fill this out. Point number one, God is our refuge. What do you think about when you hear the word refuge? It's not necessarily a word that we use in our everyday language today. It's a shelter during the time of storm. It's a safe place to go amidst any tempest or difficulty. You know, we recently took a trip to the Virgin Islands, and some of the folks that lived down there talked about Hurricane Irma that hit those, that area during the, the fall last year. And they talked about a place called the Coral Bay. That's a picture of it there, if you can see on, your, on the screen. They take the boats in there during storm. When they know a storm is coming, they take and anchor their boats, tie their boats in this cove, this, this bay here. It protects the ships from the wind. I don't remember how strong the winds were from Irma, but evidently they were pretty strong because some of the devastation still has scarred the landscape there even today. But they were talking about how they put their boat in there and that the winds had blown so strongly that they had, it had turned the boat 180 degrees from where they had left it. Thankfully, it wasn't broken away from its moorings, but it did do some damage because of the strong winds, but yet it remained anchored there safely in that place of refuge. Question for us this morning to consider, do you have storms in your life? I think we all do, don't we? We all, at time, from time to time, go through difficulties, health issues, death of loved ones, loss of jobs, loss of homes and friends and relationships and all those things, those storms of life that we go through. I saw this little saying, I don't know who it was attributed to, but it said, sometimes God sends the storms to prove that he's the only shelter. I like that. Sometimes God sends the storms to prove that he's the only shelter. One of my favorite passages when I consider storms of life, things of life, things that oftentimes happen to us in life just because we're human. Not because we've sinned, but because things happen in this world. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Familiar passage, familiar verse. But it's one that I think that we can draw strength from. We can realize where or the purpose of oftentimes these storms of life. James chapter 1 verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. When we allow our faith in God to be strengthened during these storms of life, he is our protection and our refuge. You know, one of my favorite songs that we oftentimes sing in worship is called, Be With Me, Lord. Brother Thomas Chisholm wrote the words, and Brother Sanderson set it to music. Verse number two says, Be with me, Lord. Then if dangers threaten, if storms of trial burst above my head, if lashing seas leap everywhere about me, 
They cannot harm nor make my heart afraid. God is our refuge. When we seek God's refuge, he will provide all our needs and he will make sure things work out best for us in the end. We make use oftentimes of Romans chapter 8 and verse number 28. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. You notice there he didn't say all things are always going to be good. All things are not going to always be just the way we want them to be. The message there is things will work out for good. God will work those things out for good if we let him. If we let him be our, our refuge, he will provide those things. And we can look back on that storm and we can say, you know, that was a difficult time. But God has worked it out for good. God is our refuge. Point number two in our lesson this morning. God is our strength. Oftentimes amid trials and difficulties of life, when we don't feel like that we have the strength to go one more day, God is our strength when we trust in Him. Let's look at Psalm 62, verse number 8. Psalm 62, 8. God is our strength. This is a psalm attributed to King David. Verse number 8, Psalm 62, 8. Trust in Him, talking about God, at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. God is our strength when we trust in Him. And we can trust in Him at all times. You know, there's so many things in this world that folks, even us, sometimes put our trust in, aren't there? You know, we can't count on those things 100% of the time. Oftentimes, the things that we put our trust in in this world fail us. They don't hold up to our expectations. They disappoint us. They discourage us oftentimes. But, you know, God is not like that, is he? God will always do what he said, and we can trust in him 100% of the time. Psalm 61 and verse number 3. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. God is a strong tower against our enemies. You know, a fortified tower has long been viewed as a great defense against the attack of the enemy. Ancient castles and walled cities were equipped with towers that were used to watch for enemies and as a defense during battle. We've all seen movies and things where the folks would be in the tower looking out. They would watch for the enemies to approach. When the enemies did get close enough, oftentimes the, the archers, the sharpshooters, would be in those towers, a place of refuge, if you will, a place that was out of the fray of battle where they could have an advantage over the enemy. God wants us to know that he is our strong tower as well. Paul would say, this is recorded in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, I have a feeling that Paul needed strength every day. 
we know what we know about his earth his ministry is that he was plagued with people that were against him people that were opposed to him people who were going behind him oftentimes and trying to undo what he had done he needed that strength and he got it from his relationship with God I don't know about you but we need I need strength in my daily life as well the devil is always after me I would suspect it's no different for you because you see when we wear the name Christian we declare war on the devil and he works overtime on us and we need the strength that comes from God God will be that strength when we put our confidence and our trust in him so God is our refuge God is our strength thirdly this morning God is our salvation you see there on that that picture I found that picture while I was searching for images for this lesson this morning it's a cross but people are standing on it riding out the storm God is our salvation let's look at a number of passages in the Old Testament talking about God being our salvation the first one there is in Psalm 62 we read one verse out of this passage earlier but let's read the first seven verses of Psalm 62 again David is a writer inspired writer there he says truly my soul silently waits for God from him comes my salvation he only is my rock and my salvation he is my defense I shall not be greatly moved. Let's pause there for a moment. Verse 2 says, He only is my rock and my salvation. That sounds exclusive, doesn't it? That sounds like if you're, once you recognize your need for salvation from sin, that's where you find it, in God. He only is my rock and my salvation. He's my defense. I shall not greatly be greatly moved. Verse number 3. How long will you attack a man? You shall be slain, all of you, like a leaning wall and a tottering fence. They also consult to cast him down from his high position. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. Verse 5, My soul waits silently for God alone, for for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He's my defense. I shall not be moved. Verse 7, in God is my glory, or excuse me, my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Turn back a few pages to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 15. You remember how God, and, and through his agent there, Moses, has delivered the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. They left Egypt on the way to the promised land, got the land that God had promised Abraham. And you know they got outside of Egypt, and the Egyptian army was following them. And it wasn't too long before they... As they were traveling along, they came to the Red Sea. And you can imagine the moaning and complaining and crying and fear and trepidation and anxiety and all those things that the people 
were were going through there because they were literally between a rock and a hard place, you might say. But God, because He was their deliverer, He's their salvation. You know how He dried up the Red Sea and they were able to pass through on dry ground. Scholars tell us maybe as a million people or more. When they got to the other side, Exodus 15 records that they sang a song. Verse number 1 says, Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. They realized the source of their salvation on that day was God. Let's look at Psalms 118. Psalm 118. Verse number 14. Psalm 118, 14. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Isaiah chapter 12. Verse number 2, Isaiah 12, 2. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yah, the Lord, is my strength and song. He also has become my salvation. Isaiah there, his inspired writing, quotes Exodus 15, verse number 2. When his children fear him, they can be confident in his deliverance. Look at Proverbs 14, verse number 26. Proverbs 14, 26. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge. In his in the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence and there is refuge. Time and time again, the Old Testament records how God delivered his people, the children of Israel. We made mention of earlier the deliverance out of the bondage in Egypt, out of the hands of enemy nations as they traveled along to the land of Canaan. During the time of the judges, over and over and over again in the book of Judges, you see God's deliverance of his people. You know, oftentimes they got in that position where they needed deliverance because, as Judges 21-25 records, every man did what was right in his own eyes. That was the problem with those people. Oftentimes that's the problem with people today, isn't it? Second Peter chapter 2 and verse number 9. 2 Peter 2.9, God is our salvation. We made reference to this verse in a, another lesson recently, but I think it, it fits well here as well. 
2 Peter 2, 9. You know, in context, Peter was writing to Christians there towards the end, latter half of the first century, who were beginning to undergo persecution because they were living for God. They were wearing the name Christ. 2 Peter 2, verse number 9. Peter there says, Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations, and he knows how to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. God is in the saving business. God is in the salvation business. The message for us is this. God can deliver us too. You know, man's greatest need is deliverance or salvation from sin. God provides that for us. He meets our greatest need. As we kind of draw this to a conclusion this morning, God is our refuge when we are his people. He has always has been. He always will be. Our challenge is that we must trust him enough to allow him to be our refuge. You know, oftentimes when things are going seemingly well in our lives, we get comfortable, don't we? We oftentimes get complacent. We forget oftentimes about God. We may stop praying. We may stop reading God's Word. All those things that happen to us and we allow to happen to us. But then as soon as that storm blows up, we're, we're needing God. But I would submit for our thinking, our challenge, our thinking, that a strong prayer life, a strong bond, relationship with God and His Word during good times will be there for you during difficult times. They will be there to serve as that strength, that confidence, and that refuge. We didn't we just read verse number ten out of Psalm forty six, but the verse says, Be still and know that I am God. Oftentimes amid the troubles, the difficulties, the storms of life, the noise of this world, we need to just stop and realize the power that God has and he is able and he's willing to be a very present help in time of trouble. Another song we oftentimes sing it says some build their hopes on the ever drifting sand some on their fame or their treasure or their land minds on the rock that forever shall stand Jesus the rock of ages appreciate Harrison this morning leading several, us in several songs concerning God being our refuge, God being that, that hiding place during difficulties, that shelter during the times of storm and all those things. Wonderful word pictures for us to contemplate and to draw strength from. I hope this lesson this morning has been encouraging to you. I hope that the next time a storm blows up in your life, you'll remember that God is the refuge for his people. He provides strength. He provides salvation. This morning, if you're here, not a child of God, God wants to be your refuge. He wants to be that strength. He wants to be your salvation. He's made provision for you in that regard by the sending of his Son, and the shedding of his perfect innocent blood on the cross. This morning, you can be a child of God. You can enter his shelter, his fold, 
his place of refuge if you'll obey his word. Believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Repent of your sins. That means to change. Change your mind. Change your life. Change your actions. Confess the wonderful name of Christ. Be baptized in water. Meeting the cleansing blood that takes away sin. You become a new creature. And Christ will add you to his church. Acts 2 and verse 47. It could be that you've done those things in times past, but you had storms to come up in your life and to take your eyes and your life away from God. God hasn't moved. He's still there, wanting to provide that refuge, shelter, strength, and salvation for you this very day. If your sin is public in nature, it needs to be taken care of in that way. God is faithful and just to forgive. If you're subject to the Lord's invitation, would you come as we stand and as we sing?